All right, and we are recording, Jared. Let's just oh, Chad. Um, I purposely was saving this for the pot. Obviously, good. I'm 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 excited. You got no, me. No, you're on. not. No, you're not. Uh oh, I'm not. At this point, we're on day four. Oh yeah, no, I'm not <laughs> excited. No, I know exactly what you're talking about now. Well, yeah, a couple episodes ago, uh, you mm-hmm. asked for my opinion on who would win. Yes, and uh, and you know what, Jared, I am uh, I am proud to uh, take accountability for what I said, and I said I thought that. Uh, I mean, it you're not wrong. Like, you, you haven't lost yet, by the way. Well, well, I hope I hope I was wrong. <laughs> of you course, know, to be honest, I mean, here here's the deal, everybody. Uh, if you uh, didn't check out our last, well, it was two episodes ago. I predicted that no, it was uh, last episode was it last? I put episode? it out. I, I edited it before. I see you put it out early. Okay. It, it came out way after the. Anyways, yeah. we were talking about the election, and my prediction was that I thought that Trump would win or somehow find a way to win, which we could still see. I, I'm concerned he's either going to he's obviously going to do some type of lawsuit. I mean, he already has filed for you know different lawsuits. George is um, already saying they're going to recount. Right, stuff. right. And so yeah, we're on day four, and it's just going to last a lot longer. I think until we know for it's, sure. It's been this stalemate of 264 for Biden, 214 for Trump for the past. On a uh, couple days, maybe since w- Wednesday. Yeah, Thursday-ish. I think so. And we're on Saturday. For Although those of you who the don't big know. news is Georgia is turning blue, PA is turning blue, Nevada. They're counting a vote per day. It feels like. Yeah. Look at this. So the amount of memes that have come out <laughs> about like if someone's taking too long, it's like you're like Nevada right now. Or, so if, oh, if I just look around the country, Maine, ninety nine percent. New York, 78, but New York is a giant uh, state. Pennsylvania, 99%. Ohio, 96. Michigan, 99. Illinois, 92. Arkansas, 99. Mississippi, 99. Nevada, 87. Yeah, we're still waiting. It's like, bruh, what are you guys doing over right. there? Well, there was there was a really good meme that was like, uh, I guess Nevada. I didn't know this. And actually, if you could pull it up, Jared... I- Somewhat according to the meme, so sorry we're going off of meme news here. This isn't a habit we try to make here at the Untranslatable we Podcast. Had, we had a meeting with but. like a team meeting at work, and we spent a like the first no joke ten minutes of it uh, laughing at Nevada memes. Oh, I'll bet, I'll bet. <laughs> um, but one of them said that uh, they were the fiftieth, the lowest state in education. Can you can you uh. confirm if that's right for me? I because I don't want to bash them. If it's not, I don't want to be spreading lies on our podcast here. Um, but I, you know, that was the meme. It was like, well, if you're 50th in education in the U S no wonder it takes you so long to count all the votes, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, let's see who is dead last in the U S that's the worst state to be a woman. Oh, that's a best states for education. I, I guess in the inverse, then it'll also give us the worst. We got, Oh, or does it only go to 15? It's the top 15. Oh no, expand list. Oh, there we go. What's number 50, Jared? Alabama. Oh, Alabama. So where's where's Nevada? Okay, so So they're not the worst. Yeah, they're not the worst. (laughs) Ironically, the same number uh, as the president. uh, You know, Donald Trump is number forty-five. They're number forty-five. Interesting. Interesting. Illuminati. I don't know. They're going blue. That's what it looks like. Yeah, looks like. What? That's what's interesting is a lot of the. uh, I don't know where is Michigan. We should totally do an. States education episode. Yeah, we should. Because that is an interesting. We're Thirty-seven, uh, not that great. Oh, that's not good. That makes me a little sad. <laughs> I, yeah, makes I went me to a, a private sad, school. But, so. well, well, speak for yourself, Jared. <laughs> I guess I'm Mr. Dummy over here. You know, going to a public. I don't school. know those problems. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, we will be talking about school today, but uh, online school and online teaching. That's true. Um, By the way, just because sure. I went to a p- private school really doesn't mean my education was that much better. 
Um, yeah, that would that would also be an interesting discussion. Meant we had to wear uniforms, <laughs> right? Right, you had to wear uniforms. No women allowed, so you only could well, they, focus on education. They, yeah, they just but you did have the. Though. This did, is the first year oh, that's, that's right. They go co-ed just because. But they that's need because money. of the enrollment. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, um, at the end of the day, a lot of private schools are also yeah, businesses. I mean, that's the first and I mean, foremost. That's what you have to be if you're right. a private school. Universities too, though. I mean, you know, universities. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. Part yeah. of the reason probably why college football yeah. is still happening. But anyways, anyway, back to the yeah, election. Yeah, well, you so read my mind. It's been a weird sort of back and forth between stop the count, uh, finish the count. Now, obviously, um, as far as the uh, Democrats go, most of them mm-hmm. are fully like finish the count because. Uh, the counts the, because they count the um, the mail in ballots last, and um, the mail in ballots tend to favor the Democrats. Um, but also, they're just because you should count them all in, in general. Right. But um, there's this weird thing where, depending on the state, uh, Republicans are like, "Keep counting, stop counting." <laughs> right. But the weird thing is, if they stop counting right now, then Biden wins. So it's like I feel like now the only hope is to for them to continue saying count at all but then it goes right. to yeah but then there's corruption there's it seems to always be something something there well it's and it and either it works either way right so when trump won a lot of people said that russia tampered with the election sure i don't know how true that is i have no idea right I don't either um but that's what a lot of people were saying i'm just mm-hmm. you know to, to especially to the to our listeners out there that aren't in the u.s you know that that's what uh, a lot of Americans, I think, said at the last election. Now, this election, it's the other way around. So a lot of Republicans are saying, well, oh, voter fraud. But to and, me, the, you know, the Russian thing seemed a little more valid than what's happening right now. Well, I, I, I do think that uh, there were definitely cases online of like r- Russian trolls and like trying to influence things. Yes, but I don't know but, how... I don't know how you. I don't know how they hacked into the election, but you know, I don't know right. enough about how that right. stuff works. Right. But but that's the other thing is I think a lot of people um, on the right. You know, I sadly I have an aunt who's a Trump supporter, and mm. and so I, I I was seeing all the crazy stuff she was posting online. You know, and so <laughs> how and does it make the, you feel when you see that? And then you go, you know, then you guys have Thanksgiving together. I mean, well, we don't have Thanksgiving together, oh, okay. so problem solved. <laughs> but I actually haven't seen her in years. Oh, okay. Um, but but the whole point is. I, you know, Jared, I think it's important to see these things. I don't care if it's your family member or, or sure, yeah. someone that, you know, or I, I look at it at a couple different ways. If, you, if you're going to be on social media, um, it's good to see all the good and the bad if you can, or not all, but, you know, it's good to, good, good to get a mixture. I mean, when a couple of years back uh, when I was in grad school, I actually uh, followed a bunch of Republican and conservative pages on Facebook. Mm. And the funny thing is my liberal friends were actually the ones who would write me and were like, why are you supporting, you know, Trump or why are you uh, on Facebook? You know, why are, and I'm like, cause I want to see what they're posting too. Mm-hmm. Because what a lot of people, a lot of people argue and, and, and spread things based on headlines they see. Right. I, I've done it too. I've shared stuff based on headlines I've seen. And I try not to do that anymore because it's like, you don't know what the narrative is. And, and so it's the same thing with like my crazy aunt who posts all this crazy Trump stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's, it's, it's good to read because it's, you can kind of see what other people are kind of thinking about, no matter right. if you agree with it or not. Um, and there are a lot of people that think, you know, these ways. So I think it's really fascinating. Yeah, I get that. I get that. It's, it's important to like there's one thing to, to call these people stupid and, and just sort of uh, disregard them, but they do exist. And and I guess it does. There is something to at least trying to understand 
where these people are coming from. Even right. though, even if you don't agree with it, or you're not, it's not gonna, you're not gonna change their views. You're, you're, and you're not gonna, you know, right. whatever. Right. But uh, I, I do, I do get that. I do get that. But I, I think I do that sometimes with, um, with podcasts. Like mm-hmm. I used to. Well, I still do. I listen to like podcasts of people that I really don't agree with. Now I won't go. I don't go like full Alex Jones. Yeah, or... I don't go full Trump supporter. Uh, like Facebook uh, account. Right. <laughs> Right. Podcast style of podcast, like yeah, freak seven like, days a about, week. Uh, Steve Bannon, he got permanently suspended. From, really? well, I don't know why they call it permanently suspended. Why don't they just say banned? Right. Permanently suspended from Twitter. I did not know. Well, that. because okay. he was saying that um, uh, I don't remember exactly who, but he was saying that um, they should behead. I think Chuck Schumer and then some other Democrat and like put them on uh, and display their on heads a spi- on, a on spikes s- in on front a- of the. Oh, um, White House has a warning to other Democrats. Oh yeah, you he said should, that on his shouldn't, podcast. Yeah, shouldn't shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> even, even if you're joking, you shouldn't be. That's I don't that's think he, 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 not, he obviously I don't think he, he wasn't was joking. joking. He see, yeah. he was he had no joking tone to him. <laughs> right, but yeah, but uh, anyways, so yeah, though, Jared, we were we were talking about you know seeing seeing people post these things, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and so my when I see when I see my actually I recently unfollowed her so I don't see her posts anymore mm-hmm. but um, when I when I still was seeing a lot of that stuff I will tell you uh, in the beginning I had a knee-jerk reaction to it like I would read it and I would get pissed off or I would sure. but then I realized that it's that's not good for me it's not good for me to you are literally reading something from someone online that you haven't actually had a personal interaction with in years and you're right. letting it f- make you feel this way especially since part of the reason you haven't interacted i imagine this mm-hmm. is kind of involved with what's happening you know i mean well yeah views. i mean we, we i mean yeah we just don't yeah she we just don't really get along very sure. well i guess and so it's like if you know you don't get along is essentially what i'm saying well, you know why are you exposing yourself to her right. opinion virtually right when it's well, like well, but my right. family's already we've are we've all already made a point not to really see each other in person why am i doing this myself on right. facebook right well and the other thing is too is that um i i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to see other views and perspectives online but if it is if it's making you feel or react in a certain yes. way it's not you know, um, not saying that you should just because you know I watched the movie The Social Dilemma, which was pretty interesting. I need to watch that. I've heard um, about it. W- watch it, and we'll talk about All it because right. it's it's pretty good. Um, but the the thing the thing is is that um, I really I really truly believe a lot of users of social media websites they 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 see something they don't agree with and they get really triggered or really offended or sometimes even really hurt. And I think that we. I think we put too much value into what random people say on the internet that we don't know and yeah. we shouldn't care about. Yeah. You know, and that's why though I think it's important to read some of these things. Um I when my that- parents have been following the election, I I always tell them put on Fox and then you can put on whatever you like because I like to put on Fox because if you see that Fox is saying, like, for example, with the yes. electoral college votes, if they say it's at 250 or 264 or whatever, then I'm like, okay, if both that, sides are saying this, then it's more likely to be true. I, I did know? that during the election. I mean, I don't watch TV like that. I don't right. have cable. But, you know, obviously I was going to the websites. Mm-hmm. And that actually, that was 
going to Fox's site actually made me feel more comfortable about the outcome of this yeah. election. Yep. Because even Fox was saying the same thing as everyone else. Yep. And I was like, all right, they, the, okay, because that means it's at a point where not even like the you know the strongest supporters of Trump can uh, can deny what the where it's at. Right. And you know they'll they'll like they'll probably they seem like they'd want to deny until the end that like a, a swing state has been swung. Right. But if they're calling that it's been swung, then it's like all right if they're saying it. Not that I believe it now, but it's like right. You know, it's then it's you know it, it makes me feel better. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that's important though to to mm. view different sources, but and and even different people on social media. But don't let it don't let it get make you so emotional. You know, I've yeah. realized. And if it does make you emotional, then cut it out. I mean, well, I've had to do that. You know, I, as I tell you, I listen to podcasts that I don't fully agree with over mm-hmm. over the years there are ones that have definitely gone because it's gone from me not really agreeing with them to just getting angry when i listen mm. to them and i'm okay. like well i don't need to do this to myself <laughs> right right what what about it makes you angry is it because they're they're saying something that's not truthful or or what there's, is it there's definitely some of that there's some like ignorance to the statement you know okay or it's like like sometimes they'll say something, like especially like say something involving race, mm-hmm. where it's like, it, it, like if if they say like if they're speaking like on behalf of black people or whatever, whether they're black or not, and I'm just like you like, and, and it just this I don't know I just don't like hearing something that seems so demonstrably false to me. <laughs> right. Well, and also I I just don't think it's right for for anybody to speak for another group if they're not that group. I'm not saying you right. can't have a discussion, and I'm not saying you can't have an opinion, but for example, if I were to say on behalf of black people, I'm not a bl- it's not it's well, not it's right. Not even but, on you know. Now. But it's like well they'll say like well black people aren't even doing this or black people right. aren't even, you know, or like how, you know like in politics especially where like a it's obviously the whole that you know, they always speak on groups so generally. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just annoys me. And it's not even just like a political thing. Like it, it could be just like general stereotypes or stuff. Sometimes I get it. I don't know. But uh sometimes like but it, but really what it is for me is it comes down to uh like I feel like I can tell like where their heart is at, you know, that mm-hmm. that's where it's at. So if they even say something that I don't agree with, but I can hear that they're actually like trying to figure out like that, like they're coming from a truthful or a good place or mm-hmm. rather than like some comedian thinking they're being funny by being contrarian or something like right. that or controversial. Yeah. I feel like I can just I can just feel where it's like I don't agree with you at all, but I I. I, I, I hear where you're coming from. You're not just right. trying to like, you're not just saying stuff to say stuff, you know? Right. You know, and I think I, I like that, that you brought up, Jared. I think uh, since we started this podcast, it's been a learning experience for the both of us of, mm-hmm. you know, when to draw the line with jokes, you know, and I, I really try to not just say stuff to say stuff anymore, you know, regardless on our podcast, when I'm teaching, talking to friends, um, uh, to be more precise with mm. what you say and, sure. and and your message too, I think can be really important. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. That's I, I guess once you have a microphone, I mean, you know, we don't have a giant audience, but it definitely right. makes you think think twice about what you're saying. Sure. Especially well, she's the one that edits. This, well, so well like, you know, the other thing that's also given me some different perspective on our podcast uh, has been like closer friends and family asking me more about it. Just because you know, when we started this, we didn't really. I don't think either of us are the types to like broadcast things, yeah. which is maybe to our detriment, we're actually, probably promoters. as a as a podcast. <laughs> right? We're not marketers. We're not promoters. I actually am. But. Um, well, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, but you, but you're, but you don't 
post the advertisements. No, no, you no, do no, no. the I, research. I do like data, yeah. Right. Research. Yeah, which, which I think serves you pretty well for this yeah. podcast. We used to joke when I was living in the Czech Republic, you know, putting months of research into our yeah. episodes, you know. <laughs> yes. Which, which to some extent, jokes aside, is kind of true when we do talk about a lot of our experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, like today with this online uh, learning and teaching challenges, I can tell you a lot of these are things I've been going through either right now or in the past. And um, you're on actually both sides of it. I mean, yep. obviously you're a teacher, but then you also deal with a, a bunch of people's problems with the technology of it. And well, and I'm taking a course right now on how to be a teacher trainer. So I'm also the student side of it now too. So I've got wow. I've got our bases Coming covered today, Jared. Coming in hot <laughs> and ready. I'll just relax on this episode. Right. E- exactly. I have a question though. Mm-hmm. Before we move on, why can't we get this vote this counting thing? Why can't it be can it be electronic somehow? Um, I think th- I, I don't know. To be like, honest, I don't know. I think there should be a secure way we could do it we electronically, fill out like a SAT style scantron, and it just and f- 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 <laughs> filters exactly. through it, right? Like a money counter or something right. like that, right? I, I just don't understand how um, we're still at someone sitting in a. And I understand you got to match up the uh, like right. the signatures, but I I gotta imagine there's some technology that can. I granted that might be I mean a we difficult. can we My can submit we can submit all sorts of other really important government documents online now. So I, I agree I with you. I do my taxes online. Right. Like that's right. pre- that's pretty important. Right. So and I, they don't I, mess that up. They right. make sure that goes right. that well, goes smoothly. Well, the IRS <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> they get that every yeah. year, right. every cent. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the Uncle Sam wants his wants his cut of the pie, Jared. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, when it comes sure. to discounting what people choose, it's like it, right. it's just it every not every year because sometimes it's a clear blowout. But like, it's not uncommon for it to just be such a blur and and shit show. Well, now also, I think the the pandemic has added one level of sure. difficulty. I think all of the mail in ballots, you know, and, and we've never seen this Trump much voter activity, right? Some well, sure, difficulty of course. To it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people. It's it's the really protesters out there. It's really interesting. You're either really for him or against him. I feel like there aren't a ton of people who are neutral about uh, our current, uh, about, sure. well, I shouldn't even say our current president, because maybe when this drops, well, he'll still <laughs> technically be our current president until January. <clears throat> That's true, yeah. Um, which I have some concerns about that, but we a, can yeah, talk. A lame dunk tr- yeah. duck Trump is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, no, it, yeah, there's, yeah, for sure, like, there's no one who's just, it's, it seems impossible to be indifferent to him. It's like right. he's I don't even know how, how that would be possible. I, w- I will say, though, I don't agree with a lot of the things that the left paints Trump as. I think they do take it a little far with some of the stuff. How so? Um, I don't know. I just think they make a lot of really when I say they, I mean, like the people that are really far left. Sure. You know, they just say a, a lot of blanketed terms about Trump. Um, and say, you know, he hasn't done anything good for the country. Um, but I mean, th- and I don't know if we can really attribute it to Trump directly, but under his presidency, there have been some decent things that have happened. I mean, you know, you look at yeah, our, you know, I hate I, to say it, but, you know, you look at our economy, um, you know, before. No, I, I, I mean, I guess, I guess. But it's I'm, just like, I, I guess. I, I don't, first of all, I don't know enough about where our economy was, right. but I feel like one, there's too much. He has too much obsession on the stock market, and that is, you know, one aspect of it. And um, like we were, I, like I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not an expert, but I, I don't know if I, I. I feel like just by how much bad he's done as a person and uh, it policy wise, even if there have been maybe a slight improvement to the in, uh, in economy in which metric i don't know right um 
I would almost argue if it matters. Yeah, maybe it does. Because of all the bad know. that has happened. That That's a good point. Is yeah. verifiable. Right. Yeah, well, I think the that, worst part is just the number of people who have passed away. Yeah, um, I mean, that's one thing, his lack of regard right. for COVID as someone that had right. ha- that had it. Too. Well, well, I think that's another issue, though, is because he had it and he, ha- he had such great medical care because, because for him it was, you know, it seemed like it was no big deal. You know, I mean, he got it. He went to the hospital. Now, we, we will never truly know how right. bad it was for sure. him. Um, but I mean, I think that almost, I hate to say it because I wish no Ill, Ill will on anybody, but I think if he would have gotten sicker or suffered more, yes, maybe, you know what I mean? Um, I agree. You know, and but it so. Is, but I agree, but sometimes I wondered because it is still shocking how how they still don't seem concerned about about it. Like right. when you see the way they act and they don't really talk right. about it being a problem. Right. Well, and I they think they, were we, out, they said we were done past it a couple yeah. of weeks ago. If, if we would have tackled this more seriously early on, I think. Uh, I mean, if you look at other countries now, I mean, uh, right. I mean, we would the, be in a very see, different place. That's the thing. For is sure. He's so short-sighted. Mm-hmm. I feel like he could have had the ego play of. Of eradicating it early, right? But he's he's so short sighted. He would have. I'm, I'm pretty sure he would have gotten reelected if he would have. Oh yeah, I a hundred. As, yeah. as close as it is right now, right? I, if if I a hundred percent agree. Yeah, if he would have handled the situation better, I bet you he would have been reelected. Yeah, I yeah, bet but, you. But I but I think he's way too short sighted to even yeah. think about it that way, and he has he doesn't care enough to mm-hmm. like. And so, like, yeah, this, he botched it so bad. I think it really just put it over the over the edge for Biden. As far as we yeah. know so far, it seems like we're I don't right. Know. Yeah, I think you can definitely argue that. Yeah, that's for sure. Do you have any shout outs or anything? Uh, I don't. Do you? I actually do have one. Spread um, some I was, love. I was Jared. actually going to save it for the next episode, but if you don't have one, I guess I'll, I'll uh, spread a little love. I'll, I'll turn it up and um, spread a little love. I guess we're still going to stay a little political here, but this is a shout out to uh, South Korea. Uh, they have legalized abortion after a 66-year ban. South Korea's uh, 66-year abortion ban must be lifted by the end of 2020. Uh, The country's constitutional court ruled Thursday in a major win for pro-choice advocates. Seven out of nine judges ruled that outlawing abortion was unconstitutional. Votes from six judges were needed to overturn the ban. I sound like a <laughs> to overturn the ban. Uh, I I sound like a news anchor. Mm. Lawmakers now have uh, lawmakers now have. Hey, no, nothing December wrong with that. We could we could <laughs> we could do a, a short little untranslatable news segment. Have like a little and we're back with the untranslatable news with our host Jared. And today he's telling us a breaking story about you know, and then whatever. Thanks, Chad. <laughs> right. Lawmakers now have until tw- December thirty first, twenty twenty, to revise the law. Termination of pregnancy after twenty weeks will remain illegal. You can actually do a news anchor voice pretty good, dude. <laughs> he's That's been on not my bad. White voice. Right. <laughs> Previously, women have had abortions in South Korea could face up to a year in prison and could be fined up to two million won, one thousand seven hundred and eighty dollars. While doctors or healthcare workers who help terminate the pregnancy could be jailed for up to two years. While prosecutions were rare, they were not unheard of. Three quarters of women aged 15 to 44 regarded the law as unfair, according to results of a survey released this year by Korea Institute for Health and Social Affairs. Around 20% of respondents said that they had an abortion despite it being illegal. I have to say, I really appreciate when um, I think I think uh, it's great when countries give uh, women the right to choose. Yes, and I I just don't feel right as a as a guy 
telling a woman what to do with her body. Yes. You know and what I mean? Since a lot of, and according to this article, we, you know, women have had illegal abortions. I think the fact that it is now legal only makes it safer yep. too. Because now exactly. a doctor doesn't have to, you know, sneakily do it. Right. You know? Right. And and I hope too, if you make it illegal, it's it's more talked about in the Less culture. And just, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and but I also hope that making it legal, this may sound counterintuitive, but I hope that by making it legal, there will actually be less abortions. Because yeah. you can educate people yes. more about it and, and about, you know, how to how to have fun in a safe way, you know. Um, and I imagine, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm making an assumption, but if, if, they're, if they feel this way about abortion, I imagine that sex education already is sort of a right. stigmatized well, thing. Well, I mean, I can tell you at least my experience with, you know, talking to people in, in China that uh, they don't have the greatest sex, not that we have great sex education here in no. the States either, um, but, you know, I can tell you at least when I was in high school, I knew, you know, to... Uh, to wrap it up, if you're going to be intimate with a with a lady, you know, or 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 another gentleman, I guess, you know, this is 2020. We're or not the, here to judge. Or the dental um, dam, right? Which nobody uses, but you <laughs> know, I don't even know where you would get one of those. Uh, yeah, I'm probably you'd have to go to a sex shop. I mean, you could probably find. Imagine. Oh, maybe you could probably find it on Amazon now. Well, you can find almost anything. But before Amazon, I, I love that. I hope you're going to look at <laughs> of this. Of course, I am. I'm sure it's on. Am- I mean, everything's on Amazon. Right. Dental. Put it on. Put it on your wish list. Your partner is gonna be like, "What? What is? Dental what is floss. Jared? What is Jared doing?" <laughs> yeah, you can find them on Amazon. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Strawberry flavor. There you go. There you go. Yeah, there's all sorts of fun little you know <laughs> stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so I think that's awesome though. Good on South Korea. You know, yeah. I I always feel terrible when when you read stories of 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 anybody who you know th- their health is compromised because of laws, especially if it's a law that. You know, especially kind of this male-female dynamic where, you know, we have, uh, you know, I'm assuming, I could be wrong about this. I don't know enough about the South Korean government, but I would assume the majority of the decision makers there are probably men. Yes. Yeah. And, and, well, you, you heard know. by the percentage of women, but well, yeah, sure, right. but they're younger, but yeah. And uh, yeah, and the thing is, there is, there is this sort of weird, like, something about, I mean, this happens in the U.S. too, but like when it's legalized. Where uh, conservative people make it seem like uh, people are just gonna like have go sex crazy. willy-nilly yeah. and just like, right. oh, I got pregnant, whatever, I'm gonna go get an abortion, right. <laughs> and then do right. it again the next day. Right. I, I think <laughs> I think I think most normal people, right, your your average man or woman, they they aren't just gonna. I don't think this would change it's people's not behavior that much. Right. Right. Like you know, I can only imagine how difficult it would be, and I think a lot of people, Jared, want to have kids. Not everybody, but a lot of people want to have kids. And some people, if even if it's not planned, you know, it, regardless, obviously, if it's a one night stand, it's probably a little different. But you even hear stories of, you know, people, you know, getting sure. uh, pregnant after a one night stand and, and they have always wanted a kid and they keep the baby or that, you know, whatever. Sure, of course. But I think giving people the option to choose is, is the right way to do it. Because, and, and I always hate when people use the argument where, um, I don't know. We just have some politicians in the states that say some pretty crazy things about this subject. Yeah, they're gonna rip the baby out um, at eight, right. eight oh, months God. and three weeks. Right. It's yeah. It's it's ridiculous. But good it's on like, South Korea. Um, big ups to them. Um, that's yeah. awesome. Um, if I would have known that, I would have prepared a South Korean or a Korean uh, untranslatable. I have one. Today. Oh, perfect. Well, get us uh, get us started, Jared, on some untranslatables, which are idioms, phrases, proverbs. Uh, words, axioms that don't translate on a one-to-one basis into English, but we are here, your tried and true seasoned veterans in deciphering these untranslatables. So go ahead and get us started today, we'll guide Jared. you through these untranslatable waters. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, my first one is Korean, and it's Jinunayangyang. Uh, Glasses for your eyes. What glasses for your eyes? Glasses for your eyes. Yes. It, so is this like you're you're not seeing something very clearly? Here are some glasses for your eyes. No. Um, Does it mean pay attention? At, like if I, if I gave you these glasses, they would not mm. work for you because these are glasses for my eyes. So glasses for your. Is it glasses for your eyes or glasses for my eyes? Glasses for your eyes, but your, I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> so it's to not see something clearly. Um, no, no, let's. No. Sub- okay. I can see clearly because these are glasses for my eyes. Right. But if I gave them to you, you might not see as clearly as me. Because Correct. They're, they're not. They don't. But don't think. Don't think as as specifically as I'm saying. Okay. Don't think that specifically. But to be confused. Mm, is no, that's what you are right now. Right. Yes. <laughs> that is. That is true. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, once I tell you, I'll, I'll explain it. But I think okay. you'll. I, so essentially, is uh, like uh, beauty lies in the eye of the beholder. So it, beauty lies in the eye of the beholder. So you are fooled by someone's beauty. No. No. So no, what's okay. beautiful to you might not be beautiful uh, to me. So just beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That's what I just said. I thought you said something. No, beauty you... lies in the eye of the whole beholder versus beauty is oh, in the eye. All right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I guess I just misunderstood you. But yeah. Okay. So beauty yeah, it's is... essentially. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just not my cup glasses of tea. Glasses for my yeah. eyes. Like, right. Yeah. That's because. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. They look good through my glasses. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. I, I like that. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, my first untranslatable, and I think for this episode, uh, both of them today are uh, Japanese. Okay. Um, I don't know why, but I've just been on like a Japanese kick. I've been watching more Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z lately. I noticed your Got my slippers. kanji slippers. <laughs> Super comfy. They were on sale online. Um, my other ones are, are getting a little worn because I wear them all the time. So trying to change them up, you know. I feel you. So anyways, uh, my first one is Japanese, and we'll, we'll We'll try to say it here. Donguri no sekurabe. I think that's how you say it. Okay. Donguri no sekurabe. Uh, and it means uh, it's acorns comparing heights. Oh, we, we started yeah. a little too early. Jumped the gun. <laughs> we got the in-person untranslatable owl going in the background. So I imagine that's just apples to oranges. Um, no. Can you give me the literal no. again? Uh, yes. It is. Uh, it's acorns comparing heights. Let me ask you this, Jared. Are acorns generally... Is that thing getting louder? <laughs> or is I it don't just think so. Me? Okay. <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's powered by untranslatable <laughs> energy, and it... Yes. I swear this is the loudest I've ever heard it. Right. I don't know, dude. When I've been in my work meetings, it goes off, and I'm just like, ah, damn it. Um, yeah, maybe I should take the batteries out or whatever. But <clears throat> and anyways... Um, our acorns, let's get back to the untranslatable. Donguri no sekurabe. Sorry, I just like to say that. It's fun <laughs> to say. Um, it's acorns comparing heights. Let me let me try to help you, Jared. Let me try to guide you mm. by asking you a question. Okay. Are acorns usually similar heights or very different heights? Similar? Okay. Oh, well, okay. like it's it's all the same. Like you're like you're splitting hairs. Um mm, kind of, yeah. Kind oh, of. Okay. Um, I, I would say, like, for example, um, say you go to, say you go to, like, a, an art gallery, mm-hmm. and maybe it's an amateur art gallery, and uh, and you go there and, and, you know, you look at the paintings, and, and you go, you know what, I mean, it's, it's acorns comparing heights. Uh, that all looks the same? Yeah, I guess it's. I guess it basically means um, uh, to describe a group that is roughly the same in ability or quality, and usually not at a high level. 
Uh, oh, so, oh, so I imagine a bunch of you know what I think of. Mm-hmm. I imagine a bunch of like weekend warrior sports players, whether it be football or you know right. uh, soccer, basketball, mm-hmm. some of these weekend sports, uh, bragging about how good they are, right? And how like uh-huh. they and and really, but you know, really, it's a bunch of you know forty five year old men that right. that get it together, and it's like this is all acorns comparing heights, heights, exactly. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's just kind of a. Yeah, a moot point, nothing really stands out. It's just kind of average, I yeah. feel like, in a way. you know. So, yeah, I would agree with that. You got your weekend warriors. They played a soccer game, and it was one-to-one, and then they spend you know, an hour talking about it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you're just, it's just acorns comparing heights. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right. My next one is Danish, and it's det vade hugeligt. Hugeligt. That was uh, holy? No, I don't know what's what's the last word. Do you do you remember that word? Hugelig. Well, uh, that word was uh, the reason I I chose mm-hmm. this speci- specifically is because that word was. Uh, let me see if I can jog your memory. Used mm-hmm. in a certain IKEA campaign, in search for. Hey, oh, it's hu- like comfortable. Hu- yeah, cozy. Yeah, cozy. Right. Kind of like uh, what's the what's the German one that's similar to gemütlich. that? Gemütlich. Yeah, thank that's you. That's one yeah. of my favorite German words. Mm-hmm. Gemütlich. Yeah. We should so, do an episode on that favorite favorite German words because I got a lot of them. Okay, that or or fun, or just fun German words. That's or f- okay, okay, fun or German favorite, words. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and so det vad. I'm gonna text you these couple of ideas we've had today because well, uh, well, you're gonna I'll I'll text them to you because yeah, otherwise we're always gonna forget to exactly. Uh, so det vad hugelikt. So that was comfortable. Means, yes. Yeah, that was, was comfortable. Yeah. Okay. Um, and is that what that means? There's no, no hidden no, message? It's a little diff- no, it's a little different. Okay. It doesn't really mean comfortable. Okay. It doesn't mean like that is something, but not comfortable. Okay. Actually, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. It was, I stand by what I said. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that so that's what it means. No, no, no. I stand by what I said by that's not what it means. Okay. Uh, Give me a clue. So, um, okay. Let's say... Um, Let's say um, we went to um, we went to Cedar Point, mm-hmm. and um, and you were like, uh, and I was, and I was like, hey, let's go ride the Millennium. Uh, well, no, what? Well, not the Millennium Force, the um, Top Thrill Dragster. And you're like, no, dude, no, that's that's not my sort of, that's not my steez. I'm I'm gonna mm-hmm. pass on that. I'm like, oh, come on, it'll be fun, man. It'll be fun. It's not my steez. And uh, and you're like, all right, fine, let's go. And um, we go, you, you go on the ride, and I'm like, woo, yeah, woo. And you get off, and you're queasy in the face, and you throw mm-hmm. up in the trash can. And yep. I was like, and I was like, how was it, Chad? How'd you, how was it? And you said, that war hugelicht. So, so it's, it's like that. So it's, it's, you're being sarcastic. You, it's a sarcastic, right? yes. It's a sarcastic phrase to basically say, that, like, that was not good. That was not, I did not enjoy that. But it, yeah, so it right? so it literally means that was, well, it literally means that was cozy or right. that was fun. Right, okay. But it, it is a sarc, it's mostly right. star- like that sarcastic. That was fun. Sarcastically, okay. yeah. Right, right. And it's like, oh yeah, I had a great time. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, nice. Um, our, uh, let's end with this untranslatable okay. for today, Jared. Uh, also Japanese, uh, I think you'll like this one. Uh, Itachi no... Saigopope. Saigope. Yeah. Okay. Itachi no Saigope, which means a weasel's last fart. A weasel's last fart? Is that mm-hmm. like a last ditch effort? 
It's uh, like, uh, uh, is, 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 this, is this Trump's, is Trump the weasel in the situation? Uh, and I mean, him saying that it's all fraud, is that I, his final? I mean, that that could be a weasel's last fart. I'm going to give it to you. Hit that ham horn. I mean, I'm going to give it to you. Basically, a weasel's last fart. Here's the story. So the phrase comes from the fact that Itachi, Japanese minks or weasels, emit a highly unpleasant smell mm-hmm. when like they favorite? are, uh, probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when they are cornered or facing danger. Mm-hmm. And is something done as a oh, last resort? Yes. Okay. It's not exactly a polite expression. So to our listeners out there, if you go to Japan, <laughs> don't just be dropping itachi no saigope. Um, yeah, it's like a last ditch effort. Right. That's, exactly. Yeah. yeah. In desperation. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that's kind of kind of funny. So I like that one. Mm-hmm. Right. So so yeah. So don't be desperate. But that leads us to our discussion today of our main topic, which is uh, challenges of online teaching and online learning. And mm-hmm. I will tell you and our listeners today, Jared, uh, the reason why I thought of this episode idea because uh, a lot of people I think are going through their maybe first semester of full line, fully online education, whether it be K through twelve or higher ed. Um, and I can tell you as a teacher. As someone who trains teachers and someone who is taking an online course right now, I can give you and our listeners some different perspectives today about kind of some of the challenges mm-hmm. and the difficulties and hopefully a couple ideas of, you know, how we can maybe overcome some of these difficulties. Yeah. And, um, and I'm not a teacher and I'm right. not teach, taking any classes right now. But, but you are working from home. Yeah, I'm working from home and I feel like I can certainly relate to a lot of the 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 struggles as teachers now obviously there's different struggles i don't have to wrangle children right but uh (laughs) would be a little awkward if sometimes it kind of feels like i do (laughs) right i hope none of none of your colleagues are listening to this episode right now uh but yeah so i I, yeah just just the struggles of of doing your job from home in general so let me ask you what do you think uh sorry to put you on the spot but what do you think the top five biggest challenges for Mm. teachers or let's do three let's do three yeah three for teachers and three for students in your opinion what do you think well number one for teachers is uh keeping a student's focus i imagine or keeping them engaged okay yeah that's a better way to put it um Mm -hmm. i imagine um okay so it's keeping the student engaged number one okay what's number two biggest struggle for online teacher uh assignments maybe how you're going to do assignments oh yeah okay so how you'll assess your students imagine, and the type of homework you, know, you give giving okay. tests is, is going to be is we- a little weird because yeah. oh, obviously that that could be an episode in itself shit, dude online cheating that. yep i'm gonna I'm, i mean cheating was huge has always been huge in in schools but i imagine how much easier it would be now that you're like i didn't even think like <laughs> i didn't even think about test taking and how you can adjust to that when right. every student has the world in front of right. their uh, well, we well, I just texted you that we'll talk about that as an episode. I think okay. because because that is an interesting discussion about online cheating. Cheating and, in general is an right. interesting topic. It, it is, but online it, it yes, it's but, just changing the game. But the, I I will say not to not to take the wind out of our sails or, or steal our future thunder of this episode. But <laughs> I will say the 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 law the, the the easy solution for a difficult question is you change the way you assess your students and how you test them mm-hmm. um, that's really the the short version of what you how, right. how to adapt in an online environment but there's a lot more you have to consider but yeah so cheating so anyway so yeah so let's let's recap though so you said student engagement mm-hmm. so keeping the students engaged yes. assignments and stuff like that yeah what's then your your third thing um third biggest challenge you would think i imagine something to do with burnout like we've recently talked mm. about okay so just burnout from screen time and just yeah from okay. screen time and from sort of that that 
something about that lack of 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 um interaction in person not giving not fully giving the teacher what they need uh but also you know it, it being uh, sort of the same sort of level of physical requirement you know so you so you, you sort of la- lack the you know especially with well, i guess teachers of all ages you know mm-hmm. i imagine a, a good number of teachers enjoy the interaction with the students mm-hmm. and yeah, I would the, say a, so. a level of that is sort of taken away but you still oh, have yeah. the same level of responsibility mm-hmm. and all that stuff and i imagine that can increase burnout in, in a way oh yeah not really getting as much out of the job as you used to or you don't feel that you do. yeah right yeah, you're putting sure. in the same amount or or more or, more. or, or a lot or, more yeah all right those are you, those are your top three i'll give you my top three they're very different than yours this is why i wanted to ask <laughs> okay. you okay but it's good i think it leads to an interesting discussion so uh for me i think the the number one biggest challenge of online teaching is um kind of like what you said actually which relates to burnout is is you're lacking that kind of personal connection with mm-hmm. your students. And I think there is, I can tell you being on both ends of the coin as a has taught classes in person and online, it's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that would be my number one is just like having like a more personalized, um, I'm, I'm keeping these here so we can recap later. Sure. Uh, so personalized, like have, just having your, your class be personalized and, and social. You know, yeah. you, you don't have like one thing I, I mentioned with uh, for, for my job, we actually meet with faculty and we do a call a mid semester assessment where where the students submit a survey based on, you know, their thoughts of the class. Those, yeah. And and it's been really fascinating for me to read these because I get to learn about what the students are saying, what they like, what they don't like about the courses. And, and that's kind of what led to do this episode as well. Get hurt? Um Mm-mm. Okay. Actually, I've I've only gotten a couple negative comments, but you always get one sure, or two. Sure, I mean, you can't be perfect. You know, yeah, you always get one or two. And one of the students uh, years ago, they said, I, I never responded to any of their emails. And it's like, <laughs> I respond to all my students' emails, and you can message me anytime. And Did you so, actually go back and check? Because um, you can also just check to right, see if you right. responded. But, but, see, but see, the thing is, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I did, and I had reached out to that student a few. They just never were in the class. Like, mm. they never came. And they, and anyways. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, but my whole point here is uh, I've learned a lot from reading these mid-semester assessments from students and then meeting with the faculty and talking to them. It's been a really interesting learning experience. But what I've noticed is that there just isn't – one big thing is a lot of the students, unless the uh, professor is really clear on the assignments, which you also also mentioned um, – Students are struggling right now because we don't have the same hallway conversations with them anymore. You know, like if, if yeah. you if you uh, you know had a face to face class, you do your lecture, and then if your students had questions, sometimes they'd ask you after class, or you know, well, professor, I'm not clear about this or that or whatever. Whereas now we don't really have that, right? All right, I have a quick question. This mm-hmm. is on topic, but off topic of what you're okay, talking about. Okay, sure. If you're going to be teaching a class online. Mm-hmm. What do you think is a, a better way to do this? Do you think it's a better to use like a virtual whiteboard mm-hmm. and like where you're kind of sharing your screen kind of thing? Or do you think it's better to in camera shot have a a you know physical whiteboard that you mm-hmm. white, write on to kind of, you know, give you that old school feeling that you're used to? Let me let me ask you a question, Jared. Mm-hmm. Um what is your purpose for using the whiteboard? Oh, interesting. So if you're like a lecturing, you might want to use a personal one. Mm, 
what's, I don't know. I don't know. See, see that's a <laughs> see. Th- this is the thing, and I'm so thankful for the university that I work at. I can tell you, man, these last few months, I've learned so much mm-hmm. um, about pedagogy and teaching, and especially online teaching. You know, with my job. Yeah. And and the the thing that is really fascinating about that, though, Jared, is what you ask. You know, do I use the whiteboard function on Zoom? Do I use a whiteboard behind me to do it? One, I think it there. There's a few ways you can approach this question, right? Number one, you can approach it as um, what is the teacher's tech skills? Are they able to actually use a whiteboard in Zoom? A lot of them can't. I've trained some of them on how to do it, Mm. right? Um, And it's not that hard. You just have to play with it. I mean, with any technology, you just just have to... Oh, you don't have to... You don't have to literally like write by dragging with a trackpad do you? i mean you you can what a lot of faculty do is they'll have a tablet and then they can write oh with that's a stylus nice. that's nice yeah um or you can actually do it with your phone and, and, and mm. i mean it looks like you're writing with your finger but sure. you know i mean to it's get your point legible. across it yeah. works um the difference is i have a, a faculty member i work with she's an amazing uh, uh teacher and she teaches arabic and uh, and she does have a whiteboard behind her because she's teaching them how to write in mm. arabic so i do think on some to some level um, it depends what your purpose is. So when is. she kind of has to, she the, she's teaching them the language and how to write it. Right. So t- it's there's a higher level of importance on on it, your writing being clear. Right. Excuse me. Right. Being clear and yeah. accurate. And well, and I think there's something too to seeing someone write it. Like if yeah. I if I was learning how to write like Chinese or 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 Chinese characters, kanji, Japanese characters, you know, or a lot of my students are into calligraphy, you know, so they can mm-hmm. make these beautiful. You know, um, but you know characters. But it's it's amazing to me as a Westerner because we don't have characters, right. right? So so for them, characters are not only a word, but they but they you can unpack so much meaning from characters. It's really amazing. But part of that is learning how to write them, and so that's why I would say in that regard, it might be smarter to have a whiteboard behind you versus if you're trying to point your students' attention to something or annotate or circle something. You can do that in an online format, and then it's easier for your students to see because sure. that's a big consideration also is, is what can your students see? And so if you have a whiteboard behind you, you have to make sure you write really big so they can really see it clearly. Whereas if you do it on a computer, a laptop, whatever, within whatever teleconferencing platform you're using, Zoom, Top Hat, Teams, whatever, then, uh, then the students see it more easily there. I so imagine, it depends. I imagine most of, and I, I imagine you don't have a textbook for your for who you're teaching. But, oh yeah. Oh, you do. I have, I have textbooks for all my classes. Are they all yep. virtual textbooks? I mean, they're PDFs. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I wonder if that's the case for like your standard American no grade school. No. Like, are they are they like telling their students to refer to page blah 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 and then? I'm not sure about that. I should have I should have asked my my niece and my nephews actually because they're all doing online. Sure. Uh, I should have asked before we did this episode because I'd be curious how they're how they're like, actually does, doing that. Does the teacher have like some sort of master version at least well, that I, has a PDF right. that, she, that he or she can use? In well, the class? I think I think a lot of I don't know about the the K through twelve systems as much, but I know higher ed a lot of faculty have been encouraged to use either open source or online resources that that students can more easily access. And I think a lot of courses in higher ed at least are structured. Because now, since we're not going to an actual classroom, it kind of seems even more foolish to buy uh, $300 textbooks. Well, it's foolish in any regard if if, if the faculty (laughs) doesn't use it, in my opinion. Um, That's true. But I I would say that the the biggest key with online learning is if your students have a PDF, um, make sure if you can, it's a PDF where you can search and, and edit things. Because if you upload... 
a PDF where it's more of like it was an image that was converted to a PDF, you can't always like, I think right. there's something to being able to interact with the PDF because yeah. when I read, you know, I have some books in front of Jared and I right now, you know, when I read, there's something different to me of the process of reading on, on a page mm-hmm. versus through a screen. And if it's through a screen, I like to be able to mark stuff up. Not that I, I guess I'm weird about that. I, I don't mark up my paper books as much, mm-hmm. but I, that's why I like about the online is I can mark it up like yeah. crazy. I can highlight stuff. You know, if I'm teaching, I can copy paste stuff into like a PowerPoint or, or it's easier to find stuff too. Right. Like, e- exactly. I remember there was something about blah, blah, blah. And you just type control, in, F control F and F, you're blah, good blah, blah. to go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, that makes sense. Right. So have you not done your three yet? I, I've, I've gotten one. Yeah. Too. yeah. Okay. I've, I've done one. Yeah. So we're talking about right now we're talking about teachers and their kind of their top challenges. three challenges. So yeah. I would say the biggest challenge is is teaching in a, in an environment that's especially if you teach an asynchronous class where you're not doing any lectures with the students, all of your communication is via email or via the learner management system. That does, doesn't that go along with the first one though? Just not being in person. Yes, that's I'm recapping. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah okay, I'm recapping. Okay. So yeah, so that that's the first one for me. Mm-hmm. The second one though leads into that with a learner management system or LMS. An LMS basically for those of you who don't know, it's a it's basically a website where teachers can post all of their materials. They can upload readings, uh, link videos, upload uh, lectures, have quizzes, have the gradebook. It's all in just one centralized place. We use it at my company, or at least that's what they call it, LMS, mm-hmm. for like mm-hmm. the corporate training stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a learner management system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, and so like a lot of universities use like Canvas. Uh, Blackboard is another one, Desire to Learn or D2L. Um, there's there's a bunch of different systems. Moodle um, is oh, another I one. Moodle, yeah. um, and so so the thing the thing though uh, about an LMS is that if you are especially I, I don't mean to sound ageist, but this is just what I've seen in my work is a lot of the more the older faculty they haven't really worked with a learner management system to the level that a lot of younger faculty have. And so they've had a lot of difficulty navigating that throughout the pandemic and learning how to use it, how to upload files, how to label things, how to link things. And what I've noticed, too, is older people in general, and once again, broad generalization, I love all the old people, uh, they're less willing to just like click around to find right. stuff out. Because I think there's more concern that they're going to mess something up. Yep. Or like yep. something, make do some irreparable something that they're not going to figure out how to go back from. And sometimes that can happen, but it's usually pretty rare. But like me, like I'll just go into the settings and see what happens. Right, right. <laughs> uh, you and I both usually. Yeah. I mean, and I and I ha- and I do that now for work all the time. Yeah. I'll just go into Canvas and look through mm-hmm. stuff and play with stuff. And how can I link this? How yeah, can I like do that? Yeah, like what happens if I like something I don't even know? Like what happens if I switch this? See what happens. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think the learner management system is another huge difficulty for teachers and. If you don't know how to manage it, and sadly, a lot of the teachers I, uh, in K through 12, from what I've heard, at least from teacher friends of mine, mm-hmm. is a lot of them have not had proper training and they don't have the proper support and the proper funding at schools to yeah. provide help. I mean, that's literally my job is I help faculty with their online learner management system. And I've, I've used Moodle back in the day, and um, I, I guess I've used LMS too. And and I, I can imagine, I mean, it's easy for me, I guess, because I'm really just the, the end user kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. And there's a lot of stuff in the background that um, it, it's it's like, I can imagine it being a lot to learn how to actually properly upload stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and do all that. Right. Definitely. Yeah. So I think the learner management system is a big burden for teachers. And my last one... So is that a learner management system? That's also sort of like a... Do they take tests 
on learner management yep. systems like I would do like a corporate training kind mm-hmm. of thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. there's quizzes. So you can like mm-hmm. program a test into. Yep. Yeah, okay. you can program a quiz function or an assignment where mm-hmm. they have to upload or, or whatever discussion boards. And it's like blah, blah, blah mm-hmm. is passing. And, right. Okay. And then my last one, which is kind of related to learner management system, is is the different applications that you can use and are available. Because there are so many nowadays, it's hard to know where to begin and where to end. Um, applications like what? Just all like different websites. Yeah, different websites you can use that have different functions. Mm. Um, you Do you know, know about Wolfram Alpha? I, Big fan. I've I've heard I've heard of it, but what what is it? It's it's like a math science thing where you can put in formulas, An equation. and equations, oh, cool. and stuff like that, and it'll uh, give you the answers. Yeah, but it also give you like show the work. It, they'll show the oh, work. Oh, cool! That yeah. is awesome. Um, but yeah, but so what apps to use? Because there are so many of them, and a lot of teachers who have never taught online, if they're not familiar with them, I feel like it's a big challenge because they feel very overwhelmed. Knowing which one to pick to the point where it's like a where it's like, is it what do they call it? Like decision paralysis or something yep. like that? Yeah. Yeah. You're just overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the amount of apps that are, um, you know, that you can integrate into Canvas. It's pretty overwhelming. You know, I've, I've just skimmed through the list and it feels like it just goes on forever and forever. Let's and forever. actually talk about just some teaching apps or even just mm-hmm. some video apps because even at my job i have like three or four different ways that i can f- i can find myself in a meeting so um teams is probably one of them teams is one of them mm-hmm. skype is probably the main one teams okay. is probably number two okay and then zoom zoom mm-hmm. but then still sometimes people use webex okay webex is kind of old okay but yeah, usually I've, the I've older people I, from, okay. from what i hear i might it's just a, a meeting software right Right. From what I hear on my or just in general, usually it's the older people that use it because WebEx used to be the popular one, but not, but Skype replaced it. Okay, and so gotcha. But, okay, um, and then um, that's all I can think of actually. Okay, what else can you think? Um, of? I mean, there's Top Hat, which is kind of like Zoom. Um, Never heard of Top Hat. I use Vuv with my students right. in China, yeah, which so is a basically one. yep. Um, there's Do you a couple have a preferred different Chinese one? ones. Um, well, the one I use the most is Zoom. So okay. I think the one I'm most comfortable with is probably Zoom because I just use it the most, um, and I think I understand it the best. Um, I see uh, the one I'm most comfortable with and use the most is probably Skype. Okay. Um, Zoom is is easy for me, but I've never actually had to been the host. Granted, <coughs> I bet you I could figure it out. Oh, you uh, for sure could. It's breakout rooms and all that stuff. I'm sure mm-hmm. I could figure it out, even though I've never had. I've been it. You know, I've been the part participant, but I've never right. had to set. Yeah, it up. it's not. It's not difficult. There are some little little settings you have to kind of really scroll through, but you can find them. Yeah, I like the idea of Teams, but there is a lot of functionality in Teams to the point where, for me, even for me, it's a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like I can have like, you know, obviously you can have multiple different like. I don't know because it is confusing because it's it, like I've left, I've gone to meetings, but then they still are like logged, right? And then like I don't know, there's there's and then like there's also I can see all my cloud files in a mm-hmm. certain spot. And there's just a lot going on in Teams, you, but yeah. it seems very powerful and useful. Yeah, but that actually t- seems like I I need some training if I want right. to actually use it properly. Well, there's yeah, there's tons of functionality within Teams. I I I would say I probably only know a third of what it can do. It's interesting though, my my boss. Um, she's actually getting like training and apparently teams is uh, i think we've talked about it on the pod before we mentioned it they're hoping to come out with breakout rooms and teams Mm -hmm. um, and they're doing all sorts of different stuff so they're adding even more so yeah i think i think not only the apps but understanding what you can do with them but this also is related to that question i asked you beforehand jared which is what is the purpose Mm -hmm. so as a teacher if, if if i'm moving online right now 
That is the question I'm going to be asking. I'm going to write that on my forehead. I'm going to put that on my computer as a sticky note. What is my purpose? Not because I'm having an existential crisis, <laughs> but because I want to be very meth- uh, methodological. Method- I can't even talk today, right? But I because methodology. I'm, thank you. I'm being very um, oh methodical. Thank you. Yes, to really just think about because the last thing you want to do as an online teacher is give your students. Um, work that will give them a lot more technical difficulties, take more time away. You also want to make sure as the teacher, you you can kind of understand the the workload for you in terms of how long will take you to grade, give them feedback, do all of that good stuff. Speaking of which, I think another challenge for, for teachers, especially grade school, mm-hmm. is students just not showing up. Like mm-hmm. uh, I remember at the beginning of um, the pandemic, that was a, a big issue. Uh, I don't know if it still is or not now, but right. like uh, where like students just wouldn't show up, and there's not much a teacher can do. Right. Well, that's I that, hate to say it, but that's on the students and the students' parents or family. For sure. For you sure. Know? Um, but uh, but a lot of but uh, you know from what I've heard, uh, I had a, I have a friend teacher, and then I heard I saw a news article about it. You know, these teachers uh, take it upon themselves mm-hmm. uh, to tr- you know try to find ways to, uh, to you know to you know find out where the kid is even though it is you know it, it's kind of hard it isn't really their responsibility right right well i think i think a lot of teachers do really care about their students sure of um, course i don't yeah. think it matters if it's online or in exactly. person yeah um and so that's why they do that but i think the the other issue is um if you're if you're teaching online i think there are ways you can you can design and format your courses where your students will have to participate and so then they either have to show up or their grades suffer um, or, or sure. you give them asynchronous assignments that they have to do. So I, I think I think the good thing, though, about what all of this online teaching and learning has done, it's it's made people really think about how we learn, how we present information, how we teach it. Um, and I hope that we'll, we'll continue to look at it and try to learn from this even more. Um, Speaking of participating... How has uh, your two hundred plus person oh, class been going? I so I have luckily I have uh, gotten three teaching assistants to help me oh, with that's the course. Good. You thought you get one or two, um, right? Yep. So I got three. So what I'm going to do is two of them will be. But that's uh, still like what seventy ish students per. Yeah, yeah, roughly. Yeah, yeah, last year. Yep. Yeah, probably yep. seventy students per. Mm, sixty to seventy. S- sixty, sixty, mm-hmm. or a little bit over sixty. Yeah. Um, but the the nice thing is what I'm going to do is two of the graduate assistants are going to be, um, two of the graduate assistants are going to be uh, helping with the, I'm going to break it up. So half of the class will be doing actually in-person activities where they'll be talking and playing some games and stuff. Uh, The whole goal is to just get them speaking lots of English. That's really my goal here Mm. Um, because I'm not there to really see and monitor what's going on and I can't give them real-time feedback. I just want to give them an environment where they all are speaking in English. Do these, these... Uh, separate TA sessions mm-hmm. all happen at one at the same time. So, so this is what's going to happen. So, this is what it will look like. So, on Monday morning, a hundred of my students, as crazy as this sounds, a hundred uh-huh. of my students will be uh, attending my virtual lecture, and I'll be teaching them some idioms, some phrases. We'll do some pronunciation practice where I model how you say things. Like last week, we did. Um, S H and S, so those sounds. So, so sh and, s- and then you have a hundred students on mic at, at once. They're not on sh- mic. Oh, <laughs> they're they're muted. Don't worry, okay. Jared. I mute them. They're <laughs> muted. But yeah, so we do some pronunciation activities there, uh-huh. and and then what the other class, what the other half of the class is doing while while they're not in the live lecture, they will actually be in two physical classrooms doing activities, having conversations and this is at the talking. same time. Correct. So you couldn't 
if you wanted to pop into I cannot but okay that's what my teaching assistants are right, for they're, okay. they're going to be my boots on the ground so to speak <laughs> and they will be the ones giving them feedback helping the students and then telling me kind of reporting back to me what's been going on do you feel like there. do you feel like a team the, the four of you guys um I mean obviously not, you're the leader not but. yet because we haven't had our fir- our first team meeting I'm hoping will be okay. on Monday night okay um that's the other thing that's difficult. It's diff- difficult to coordinate things with the 13-hour time difference. Is this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we made it work. But right. It's gonna but suck that's an hour-long podcast or hour-and-a-half-long yeah. podcast. Yeah. It's not coordinating 200 students that's true. and, and, and <laughs> uh, answering questions about assignments and blah, blah, blah. Is this going to be your first time being a uh, like a boss? Yep. Oh, man. Yep. Well, well, no. It's the first time for me having teaching assistants working under me but i sure. supervise a, a computer lab in grad school and i had undergrads that i was responsible for okay so no it's actually not okay um but this will be the first time where i will be telling giving someone directions on running a classroom that i will not physically be in so that is yes. very different <laughs> um for sure but anyway yeah, you have so to be very good at giving directions. exactly um but once again jared this goes back to the being really clear on what you're saying and what your message is you know, especially when I, you know, all my teaching assistants are, their English is fantastic, but it's mm-hmm. not their first language. So I have to be very clear with what I say, how I say it, what the meaning is, um, you know, and making that very clear, um, which is also, I think, a, a big challenge a lot of teachers have been facing now with their students. And what I've been seeing is that a lot of students don't fully understand um, sometimes the purpose of the assignments, um, you know, sometimes students are like, well, why do easier, I have to comment on mm-hmm. easier to make the purpose clear in person? Well, once again, in person, you have those hallway conversations. You have the, mm. oh, teacher, by the way, as they're walking out of class, I wasn't sure, sure about this. And you can just, well, you know. see, now you're starting to bleed into challenge for students, yep. challenges for students. That was the you plan. Can, you're welcome. That to, was the plan. To do your top three first. So, okay. Uh, top three. Challenges. Or should I go first? Because you, you're more experienced than me. doesn't matter. I don't think it really matters. Okay. Well, I don't want to persuade your answer. So Let I do want first. you to go, go first. first. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take some notes here. Uh, I'd say one, it would probably be just um, staying focused. It's mm-hmm. like like keeping your interest level uh, up. Um, for a lot of students, I'd say probably up until like grad school, I'd say social interaction is still a very a very key part of the education process. Is um, that like your number two, or is that just you're adding on to the uh, staying that's focused? That's the next one. That's the next one. Okay. I'd say the lack of social interaction uh, takes away from maybe they, they're kind of connected because I think mm-hmm. maybe granted no I don't know if they're connected I I just think that that is a part I, of I I do think you could argue they're connected actually sure I would say but to I, some to some degree sure but I think that you can also leave them disconnected right. too and then hmm and then I think as challenge is probably like being a like. being able to speak up like feeling empowered to speak Uh, up if someone's already not empowered to speak up i'm sure they're even less so now well it's interesting you mentioned that it's very easy for me not to speak up on on skype even if i like have something to say and i'll be like and i'll like go to say it but someone will interrupt me Mm. or not interrupt me not even interrupt me just the timing first right it's so it's very easy for me to be like all right i'll just not say that instead of like say it after (laughs) right these these are really good. I I I really like these three, Jared. Um, and actually, I'm I'm trying to think of some other ones. I might actually, y- you might have covered my three, maybe. But I'm mm, gonna see if wow. I can think of some other ones because okay. these are, these are actually really good. Um, 
Uh, not that your other ones weren't. Your other ones were also good, but I think mine were just very different, coming yeah. from a very different perspective, whereas I think these might be a little bit more aligned. Um, I would say a, a number one big challenge for students, um, not only staying focused, but I think uh, a lot of students have uh, had the challenge with, and this is kind of related, but to staying disciplined. Mm. Uh, I can tell you, I mean, granted, I'm not trying to make excuses for myself because really it's just me not, you know, managing my time better, but I've been uh, having some difficulties with the current course I'm in where I really should, what I should be doing is just pick a couple days a week and just delegate an hour to, to just going on canvas, reading through the materials. Um, that's what I really need to do. But I think if, if teachers set the course up in a way where it's very clear, what and when the student should be doing stuff, I think it is a little bit easier to stay disciplined because you have a clearer path of what you're supposed to do and knowing when you need to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether you stay on that path and, and have enough personal accountability and integrity to do that is a different story. So that's my first one. That's something I've had to work on too, even with work, is just mm-hmm. staying disciplined too. It's, it's sort of easier to stay disciplined working when... Uh, you know, people are all around you mm-hmm. and they can see what's up on your screen or they right. can see, you know, right. that's clear whether you're working or not. So so now that there's no one, granted, no one's hovering over me, like, are you working or not? But no one, like, sort of around. The idea mm-hmm. of staying disciplined has was definitely something I had to work on a lot at the beginning. It's still an ongoing right. thing, but I definitely think I've made a lot of progress there, right. just being able to sit down and work all day when I have access to my own home and I'm chilling kind mm-hmm. of. Which that, I'm glad you mentioned that. That leads me to my second one, which is finding the proper balance between study and life. Um, Because, and now granted, students only have some control over this because, you know, if your teachers assign you a bunch of work, you know, you have, you know, but, but finding a balance, I think, between, you know, when, when you need to study, when you shouldn't be studying, how long, and, and, uh, and also parents mm -hmm. are more concerned about their students or their kids uh, like studying a lot because they're not at school. Well, and once again, I think you uh, finding a balance. Let me let me add to that one kind of or finding a balance school, I guess, and also are. setting boundaries, I think, can oh, be challenges. Yeah. That's that's the big thing, especially my oh colleagues my who have kids who are doing school online right now. I couldn't now. imagine my parents if I had to do virtual school. Right. My parents were, were pretty uh, intense school wise. Oh, I could bet. only imagine if. Um, if I were all at home together, mm-hmm. that would that would be interesting, right? <laughs> right. But that's the reality for a lot of people now, Jared. You know. Um, so yeah. So so finding a balance and setting those boundaries yeah. of you know. Um, but that kind of that almost seems to, like more of a challenge for the parent. That seems like the cause yeah. I think the it, it's probably easy. For but the I'm kid. thinking more of college kids. So the parents sure, okay. aren't quite as much in the picture. But you're right. Because I feel for like for like kids. grade school kids, I feel like mm-hmm. there definitely needs to be a, a boundary for the parent. Right. I mean, we've seen these videos on social media of parents budging in on us on classes, yelling at the teacher, right. or just walking in the background naked or something. Right. Right. <laughs> Going to take their morning deuce and and yeah, yeah and they, yeah. Oh man, but yeah. So staying disciplined, I think, is the is the top challenge for students. Also, then leading into that, finding a balance, um, setting boundaries. And oh man, I had my third one, and for some reason, it's escaping oh, man, me right now. Sorry. I'm trying to think. You're you're good. I'm trying to think of where it was. Uh, staying disciplined, finding a balance, setting boundaries. Um, what was the other one? Let me read yours again and see if yours will help. But yeah, so I would agree with you though, Jared. Jared said staying focused is a big challenge for That's students. That's always a challenge for me, yep. period. Yep, the social interaction or lack thereof, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and this is an interesting one though too, Jared, the not being able to speak up because I think online learning, 
I remember mine now, but I want to talk about this point now. So uh, not being able to speak up, this is an interesting one because I agree with you that you do, there is a feeling of I don't have to speak up. Yeah. Right? And and I, I will say this though, dude, I don't know why, but when I was in school, I always had this kind of, I don't know if urge is the right term or what, but I always had this kind of, or maybe just desire to speak up. You know, I wanted to. Were you sh- one of these kids? Me. Well, sometimes. I know the sometimes. In German class, <laughs> like, for right, sure. We need someone else. Right. <laughs> right. In German class, for sure. I definitely was. In grad school, here and there, in, in uh, undergrad, I mean, we had some classes together. I feel like I, I participated, but I wasn't mm-hmm. one of those, you know, always me type yeah. of guys. But See, I'm the opposite. I'm very, I'm like, eh, I don't need to say anything. I, right. I'm always, I'm always like, eh, I don't need to say right. anything. <laughs> right. But the whole point here is that I do think students now are able to speak up in different ways. Mm-hmm. So now if they, if they have the, the courage or the, or they feel comfortable enough to do that, that's a different conversation. But like, I know, I know with me, a lot of my students participate a lot in the chat. Um, so they'll write questions um, instead of coming on the microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have these different ways of kind of, and you have to interact with your students. So maybe that actually might contradict my point a little bit. Well, in that way, it kind of makes it a little easier for everyone to be able to speak right. at the same time, you know? In a, in a, right. But I think I think you were thinking more not, maybe not being able to speak up is the wrong way to write it, but maybe a better way to frame it would be... Um, you don't necessarily have that urgency yes. where you feel the need to verbally it's easier to stifle yourself. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. And le- and this leads me now. I'm glad I went through yours because I was hoping this would you know kind of bring back my memory. And my last one is autonomous learning. What I mean by this is that a lot of students nowadays, if they're learning online, I don't care if it's K through 12. I don't care if it's um, higher ed. You know, there's a lot of just autonomous learning happening where students have to do a lot of the learning on their own. Um, Now, teachers can do their lectures. They can have their online classes. But a lot of it now, it's different because you don't have the class time set aside where you're all in a room together reading a book for five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes. You're not all together in a classroom writing a, a short story or doing whatever you need to do in school. You're not all together working through math problems. Mm. So you so there's a few different things about autonomous learning, and some of these are related to my first two points, which were staying disciplined and uh, finding a balance and setting boundaries. Because with autonomous learning, you need to, one, um, kind of have an idea of how you learn the best. Some people are good note takers. Um, this might sound crazy, Jared, but I, I like to talk through stuff kind of when I'm learning stuff. Um, for I'm a, me, I'm a big note taker too. It's mm-hmm. actually since so I, at at work I have like this this little small you know notebook that I carry around with me just mm-hmm. to take notes on and stuff. And what I've actually found kind of surprising is that I um I and I probably use it less than I did when I was there, but not that much less. I still will like write down stuff when I'm on the phone. And, like it's that's still the easiest way for me to like remember sort of the tasks that right. I have to do. I mean, I got some notes from work right over there. Yeah, you know, so I, I feel you and for so sure. It, it's pro- it's it's and so it is. It was actually kind of surprising to me that I'm that I still find find a need to to do it that way rather than I don't know type it down or so. I don't even know what else I would do. So I guess right, <laughs> right, yeah. So I I think the autonomous learning those a big thing and and i remember i did have a conversation with my niece 
um, uh, a little while back, and, and I asked her how's school going, and she said, you know, I I, I don't really like it right now mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm doing a lot of the learning on my own, and she's right. Well, and, it, and it's in once when you don't have the interaction with the people in person, it takes away all the fu- like it takes away all the fun right. parts of school. Well, and, and the co learning is different, work. right? Right, <laughs> and the co learning feels different when you when you see someone on Zoom in a breakout room. That's totally different than, you know, sitting here like you and I are doing, sure. having a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can read the other person's body language, their facial expressions better. It's just a whole different yeah. type of interaction. And so so I think a lot of students who are good and, and, and I think a lot of this comes from their parents. If they're that come from a household where their parents uh, their parents are also disciplined or or they know how to set a schedule and stick to a schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's one thing I'm really trying to improve on is sticking to a schedule. You know, um Braden eats breakfast at eight o'clock. Right. He has baseball at nine thirty, then he has swimming practice at noon, and then we have a light lunch at twelve thirty two. Right. <laughs> but see, but if you but if you're in college, you don't have that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I just think back to, you know, some of my habits in, in college and graduate school weren't the best habits, if I'm being honest with myself. Yeah, sure, You know, not the best study habits, you know, procrastinating a little bit too much. And nowadays, I think with these students that have everything online, um, I would highly advise against procrastinating because if mm. you come across any technical difficulties, the amount of emails I've gotten from my students saying, you know, teacher, and they email me, I, they, I told them, you know, a week in advance, you know, your assignment's due on Sunday night. You need to turn it in at Sunday night. I have 198 of you. As much as I would love to be able to watch all of your videos over and over again and really get to know you, the reality is we don't have that much time. And so you need to turn in these assignments on time. And for some students, if they, if they procrastinate and then they come up with a technical difficulty, it puts the teacher in a rough spot because it's like... You have two options. You either allow it and say, well, you know, I understand because I do understand there are technical difficulties, but it's like you had all week mm. to submit this assignment and how much wiggle room can I give you? And I understand we're in a in unprecedented times. I know we say this a lot and I sound like a broken record saying that, but it does have some validity. That, you know, That's been something that I've thought a lot about during this uh, quarantine time when the, the idea of technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time wondering, was that a technical difficulty or were you just late to the meeting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> was that a technical difficulty right. or could you just not finish the the job and the time allotted? Right. Like, it's convenient that you... I, I have to say, though, I have way more respect for people who are transparent about it. Like, uh, you know, not to not to spill the tea from, you know, any of my colleagues, but, you know, I had a meeting with a couple of my colleagues and we were all, sp- we all had some tasks we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and they, they were both honest and they said, you know, look, we didn't have time to do the reading. Um, so we just scheduled the meeting for later next week. And, and I had so much respect for that, so much more respect for both of them being honest about it than if they would have made some excuse. Yeah. You know? And sure. so I think there is, and that's another thing is transparency is a big issue right now. I think it's w- so with, easy not to be transparent. Right. But I think right now it's <laughs> So impo- it's more important than ever, especially yes. on the teacher side, to be very transparent, but also for students, because um, I had a really good consultation with a faculty member at the university where I work, mm-hmm. and she had said she even did like a mental health checkup on her students, basically just sent out an email um, and said, you know, hey, I would like all of you to just give me a quick, you know, I'm doing okay. Uh, not only with the course, but just with everything that's happening. And I, yeah. and I, and when she said that to me, I thought that was so genius, you know, just, just 
because that's another thing is is reaching out to your students right now is so important. And I, I think teachers, maybe they do, maybe they don't realize that they already do that uh, like when they're in person, just not in you know email form, obviously. Right. But they, they are sort of doing these sort of, especially grade school, uh, like doing these mental notes of how their students are doing, not just uh, grade-wise, but just right. as humans. Right. And so, yeah, I think that is, I, I, I think it's great for like a mental health-wise, but mm-hmm. also to um, just, yeah, it makes sense. On, on that end, though, I would also argue that it's really important for administrators to do the same with their teachers, mm. you know, because I think a lot of teachers feel very overwhelmed. They, they have put so much effort and time into their courses and some of that has come to fruition some of that has not you know and some some of that the students have not realized just the and that's kind of why i wanted to do this episode jared to shine a light that not all teachers but a lot of teachers have put in so much more work you know since all of this has started Mm -hmm. and i think that they really deserve um well, number one, they deserve a pay raise. If, if we're going to be honest, I sure. mean, just the amount of hours and time and extra work, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to give it to everybody straight. Yet they deserve another, a pay raise. Yet another underappreciated essential worker. <laughs> right, right. They deserve a pay raise. Um, yeah. But I also think that um, parents need to be more understanding of the situation, which is also why I wanted to talk about some of these. I don't think we have many listeners who are parents, but maybe we have a couple out there, and mm. this would provide them with a perspective of you know what it's like to be a teacher and trying to manage the difficulty of of you know navigating technologies you've never used before and then trying to use that with your own teaching the way you teach your personality as a teacher you know um and some teachers honestly are really struggling but they are trying their best but then we also have the other side of the coin where a lot of students are struggling right now too you know they don't feel heard like you said with you know not you know their voices you know either not being able to just have those regular conversations with their peers and their teachers Um, But also, you know, I feel like you can definitely kind of just be a lurker in an online class. Yeah. And it's it's made me a lot easier to be a lurker in meetings. Right. Right. Um, And it was funny. I had a meeting a couple weeks back where it was, I think, six or seven of us. And no, it was five of us in one meeting. And everyone was talking. And I just felt like they were saying stuff that I would have said, but I wasn't going to add anything. So it's Mm. like. You know, why do I need to add? But I'm usually, you know me, uh, you know, our, our listeners, I think at this point know, know me somewhat where, uh, you know, I'm a pretty talkative guy and I don't mind adding my two cents here and there. And uh, but in this meeting, I didn't really speak very much. And my colleague, she even messaged me, uh, bless her heart. She's like, hey, are you doing all right? You didn't talk very much in the meeting. I just said, honestly, like, there's not much I need to like to mm-hmm. add. You know, I agree with everything. I added my two cents here. You know, I had one idea I put forward and that was about it. You yeah. know, um, but it is easy then to kind of feel like you're a more passive participant and not an active one. Whereas what we know in education is that when learners uh, when learners have a more, when they perceive their education as them taking a part in it actively, they, they tend to do better. Mm-hmm. They tend to care more. They tend to have more enthusiasm. Uh, and so, I mean, it makes sense. You know, if you think that your your voice, your ideas don't really matter and you can just sit here um, and that's quote unquote okay because there's no negative consequences, you know, uh, right. it, it's different. You know, it's very different. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of what you said applies to work too. I, yeah. I relate to a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Just the whole online environment has mm-hmm. just brought about and different. At the, and at the end of the day, the student, 
Like I'm almost kind of just like the student, and I'm just giving my assignments to. That's true. Uh, like <laughs> the That's teacher true. who's the company. You know? Right. Your your grades just come out in a monetary <laughs> yeah, format, exactly. you know, and and potentially if you do good work, you can you know move exactly, up. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think it's really important uh, now more than ever to be more. Um, understanding of what teachers and students are going through. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, we have just the, we, we have just the, right now, we don't know what's happening politically, especially in the States. You know, things are kind of all over the place with the pandemic. You know, there's there's just so much extra stress and other issues. Um, and then you, you add on giving, you know, forcing your students and your teachers to teach in a completely different way than they really never have before. Um, I mean, yes, there have been online classes and online programs, but that it's in the past been, was more higher ed. And, right. Yeah, it's never been the norm. Right. Uh, now, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember what you were telling me that when you used to teach the Russian children English, mm-hmm. you'd have almost like a Nickelodeon cartoon voice. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, yep. Has that? Um, how, how's your voice? And now, obviously, you're teaching adults now, right? Well, so well, they're still they're 18 years old, right? But you, you don't know. have to go up three octaves, uh, right? <laughs> Hello, kids. <laughs> how are you today? Yeah, I didn't have to. Um, how, how does your speaking, uh, uh, your voice or whatever, or the way you communicate change in that sense? Not setting? not too much. Although I will say I speak a lot um, more slowly. Okay, I speak a lot slower. Um, just because I want to make sure they can hear me and understand me. And there's also a bit of lag. Yeah, you know? there's a chance that there might be a, a you know, like a, a glitch somewhere. And so, right. that, you know, if you talk fast, it would be easier to miss a word or something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really change. But, but you don't have to be more presentary to keep right. an 18-year-old right. that engaged. Right. And, well, that, that kind of brings up the idea of, of what I like to call kind of teacher talk, mm-hmm. where you do change not only the register – but also, you know, the, the vocabulary you use. So do you use more simple, you know, generally mm-hmm. I try to have much shorter sentences. Do you smile? Do you, do you keep uh, a smile on your face? I try to. Yeah, okay. I try to. And it feels kind of, the first couple of times you do, it feels, it feels weird yeah. because it, it technically <laughs> it is, is a fake, fake smile. <laughs> but, but you also have to understand you're trying to harbor an environment in which your students feel comfortable. They like one, one comment I saw the environment that you want your students to Mm -hmm. give you. Yeah. You want to be friendly. You want to be approachable. And I can tell you the, the, the mid semester assessments I saw, um, through my work, it was really fascinating to see that a lot of the most positive comments were related to, I feel comfortable to send my professor emails to communicate with them. Um, where, you know, we've talked about it on the podcast before, where you, some people feel like they're quote unquote bothering someone by mm-hmm. sending them a message. And I think some students also feel if they ask their professor a question because they don't understand something, that it will make the professor feel like their students are either stupid or they didn't learn the material or, or, or they're lazy or whatever. To any anybody listening to this right now who's a student, reach out to your professors, reach out to your teachers, because I can tell you as a teacher, I have so much more appreciation for my students who do ask for help mm-hmm. and that do uh, understand things that they, they were having difficulty with. Because you recognize the, the what it like, it takes a level of... It takes a level of, of courage. courage. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it really does. I mean, you know, no, no one... It's an uncomfortable feeling, Jared, admitting you don't know something. Yeah, no one wants to come off as stupid, but especially to right. the teacher. Right. And and, <laughs> and I think the you. students who tend to do that, I hate to say it, but I think they the care more about their exactly. Mm-hmm. They care more about their education and they tend to be the better students. Yeah, I could see um, that. You know, so 
Yeah, but in, in, in an online format, it's just a whole different way we do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just really is. Um, and so it's it's fascinating to think about how this will change the future of education in a lot of ways because it's yes. going to. Well, without we a doubt. About, when we talked about um, college, I, 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 I we talked a little bit about. Uh, well, I, at least I did about destigmatizing mm-hmm. uh, online college a little bit, and if it'll be maybe a little bit more, um, maybe a little more accepted as like a you know on, on a similar level to if you say if you go to U of M online versus U of right. M in Ann Arbor, you know. Mm-hmm. But as I now that we've had this conversation, I think there really is something to you know being in part like you can't just just because you can teach online doesn't mean you're getting the same experience right they are very that's a good point they are very very different experiences Mm -hmm. and i think what we need to learn is what are the good things from the online experience that we should continue doing uh you know when it's you know when we can do more in face you know face-to-face in-person teaching again i wonder what um like science classes for colleges that are i guess most colleges are probably in person what right now? Now that I think about it. Most colleges are probably in person. Uh, a lot. Well, it depends. Yeah. If, if you're if you're doing the lab, well, that's the other good thing. So you can't, like there are a lot of classes where you need to right. be, like well be there. right. A lot of the lab classes, from my understanding, are in person at a lot of places. Uh, thankfully, you know they do have some protocols set up to try to less the risk you know they have like a, a health screener at a lot of universities and different different well, protocols put out a, out a post on i think it was linkedin the other day saying mm-hmm. that it's been going pretty well for them yeah they've been doing a good job yeah. i have to say kudos late yeah. shout out to uh we shot we shot on them at the beginning we We're did like, look right <laughs> we but don't trust these good. kids <laughs> but hey i'm i'm happy to say you know uh, i'm happy to admit i was wrong yeah, about that and I'd i'm glad to, to see admit, yeah yeah i'm glad to see that um mm-hmm. yeah i think i think the only time there's it's a bad thing to be wrong is when you can't own up to it and learn from it sure you know um yeah definitely but yeah it'll be interesting to see like i said how this will influence the future of education learning and teaching yeah um it'll really be fascinating um but you know jared speaking of fascinating Uh, yes speaking speaking of of fascinating um you know we could talk about (laughs) this all day say was Mm -hmm. i feel like this could this could somehow like if there you know obviously we're going to go back to the goal is to go back to teaching a person that's Mm -hmm. ideal for most people but like if there is like someone that's sick or like could it be possible that instead of just missing that class for the day they could just log in and have a camera set up in the back of a classroom or something right well if they're sick i think they should be resting and not you can't you, li- you can lie in bed and listen to it. You don't have to I, uh, interact. I, yeah, that's true. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Be lazy the kids but, these days, so lazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, w- yeah, we'll have to see. We'll we'll have to see what will happen. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll be really interesting. Um, let's talk about the song of the pod. Yeah, let's let's do it. Yeah. It. Uh, oh shoot. Here, let me uh, let me pull it up. This it's was by, the only bad thing about moving the keyboard yeah, over here. We but. we had Chad decided to move his keyboard because he made some mistakes last episode. Um. <laughs> and uh so this song is called um how, how would you say it ninjin isu i think so yeah ninjin ningen isu i think ningen isu so it's yep. not jin but gin i think so yeah i think it's ningen i i could be wrong though Nin, I, I would assume if it was ninjin it would be with a j um but i'm not sure one second here apparently and uh they are they are a um a japanese group yes Japanese group. Uh, uh, they're heavy metal, and they're from Hirosaki, formed mm-hmm. in 1987. They've been around for a while. They have. They've definitely been around for a while. Not surprising because, um, I mean, they look like middle-aged men. 
Right. There we go. And they do have a, oh, they played at Ozzy Fest in 2013. Oh, nice. Okay. I didn't know OzFest was still going in 2013. That's awesome. But yeah, so this song, though, is called Heartless Scat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's quite it's quite a journey. I think the whole song, when I think of this song, it's just a journey. So we listen to it once, and uh, it, it it starts kind of slow, and and then is that too loud? Is that okay? Uh, can you turn on a little bit? Just I, I feel like I can't really hear myself talk. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Um, it, it's yeah, it is a journey. But we didn't we went into it not even realizing it was going to be a journey. Right. And I I didn't even know it was an eight. It's an eight minute long song, which I have a lot of respect for any artist mm. or group that puts out a song, especially yes. that can keep you captivated for eight full minutes, yes. you know? I love an eight-minute song, too. But yeah, you're right, though. Uh, going so, to town on the uh, old-school dong, bong, dong, bong. <laughs> yeah, the gong, yeah, the, yeah. Not dong. Yeah, yeah, so what's interesting, though, is, is two of the guys in the band, they have these more traditional Japanese uh, robes on. Yes. One of them has, like, white face makeup and black lipstick. He looks kind of like a creepy ghost. I mentioned the first time we watched it, he kind of looks like the singer from Rammstein. Mm-hmm. I get those vibes from him. And he's um, just got that, like, a... I'm like a creepy vibe. It's clearly Men- a menacing vibe, yeah. I would say, kind of in a way. Um, and then, but then the 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 guitarist and singer, he he looks so interesting because you know he's this older he Japanese like dude. He just looks like a dad. Yeah, with <laughs> but he looks kind of like like what you'd see in like a traditional like almost like anime of like like yes. a like yeah. And he's got like the little round, round glasses, glasses yeah. and a goatee and a ponytail or not a goatee, sorry, just a stash. Um, but, but he, he just th- looks like a yeah he he looks like he's like in his mid forties. No, he probably looks like he's fifty. Fifties probably yeah. yeah. I would say fifties or above. Yeah, long gray hair, you know. But he's got such a presence. He does. The whole group does. Yeah, that's but true. it's so funny though because their drummer is dressed in like a Hawaiian or tropical style shirt and some black jeans. He or looks something. like an Elvis impersonator in Vegas, <laughs> right? <laughs> Without the long, super long sideburns. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. So this song, yeah, it starts off with like quite a. It's like a, almost a two minute intro, right? Mm-hmm. It's pretty long, um, and it just yeah, the whole song is a journey with all these different riffs, um, and and it does make some like. Um, like it makes some sharp changes in 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 sort of like right. it almost feels like a different chapter in the story. Oh, definitely. And actually, here let's let's turn this up a little bit, then we can hear it a little bit louder. But yeah, and the, it's it's really interesting. I wish we knew what they were saying. Um, you know, that's the one bad thing is we have no idea what they're saying. But it's well, it's just epic. We were joking song. around. We're probably not going to go to the whole song. But we were joking around at one point where he was just repeating the same thing over right. and over again, and we were like, "Oh, he, he's probably scatting." Right. But then that's before we even realized the name of the song, which is "Heartless Scat." We right. were like, "Oh, was he scatting, or was he saying like a word over and over again?" Right. Yeah, it's quite it's quite the video. It's cool. They have the kanji below too. Yeah. And where do you think it? they're like in the Japanese countryside or something like that is probably the vibe. Yeah, I think get. they're yeah. Oh, definitely. They're mm-hmm. like out in the forest and walking on a beach. Yeah, oh man, this song is something else. It's it's really awesome. Um Ningen Isu, Heartless Scat. It will definitely take you on a musical journey. Um great guitar great riffs guy. as well. Um I would say this would be a good like workout song too. You know, if oh, you're like yeah. gonna go like lift weights or for a run, this would mm-hmm. be an epic song. Um, yeah, but also check out the music video. It's definitely uh, something to watch. Very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, if you enjoy heavy guitar riffs and like just kind of different changes of pace, 
Um, this song is definitely for you. So check it out on our YouTube channel, Song of the Pod playlist. It's hard to not just headbang with this, right? <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, so check it out on our Song of the Pod playlist, Untranslatable Podcast, Ningen Isu, Heartless Scat, um, and be ready for a very epic journey. That's for sure. Yes. Yes. All right, Chad. Do you want to wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Oh, it sounds like it's time, Jared. Yeah. You know, time to wrap it up. So today we talked about some of the challenges for online teachers and also online students. Um, and uh, just to recap, let's recap uh, our, our six six challenges for teachers and six challenges for students. Uh, Jared mentioned uh, one of the biggest difficulties for teachers would be uh, having the student engagement, which actually, Jared, I think a solution to this. I also wanted to provide some solutions. So I guess here's the time to do it, you know, so Please. all of our listeners, you know, this is why you got to listen to the whole episode, baby, <laughs> all, all, all 130 or one hour and 30 minutes or whatever. Anyways, uh, Jared mentioned student engagement as one of the difficulties, which I think to solve that would be, um, having a lot of different interactive activities, different, mm. uh, you know, videos, um, having them, you know, do things where they're talking, they're discussing things, they're writing things, reading things. So different modalities of information mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. Uh, Jared also mentioned the difficulty for teachers is the assignments. So, you know, what types of assignments do you give? Also, we briefly mentioned, you know, cheating on tests and quizzes is a big one. We'll yeah. do, I think that deserves its own episode because that's a really, really big one. Uh, and then also burnout, which I agree. I mean, just sitting, sitting at a computer for it, it, I feel like it was different when we would go into an office or classroom where when you sit in front of a computer, you're, you're not just sitting in front of the computer for your job all day long, right? right? You might go into a meeting room where you're having a meeting, yes, you know, yes. so there's some breakup, mm -hmm. whereas now it's a long day filled with, I can tell you, you know, I wake up and I'm usually on the computer at 7.30 or 8 a.m., usually until 6, 7, 8 at night a lot of times, you know, doing different yeah. stuff. Um, well, and now I have to make a point, you know, I have a desktop computer, but I sort of make a point to leave th that desk because it's like this like like a surrounding of, of of screens in front of me i have my laptop and my laptop plugs into the monitor the next of that is my desktop computer and then i do have a laptop too granted i usually don't have that open at the time but now i make a point to be like all right i'm done with the day yeah i could i guess be on my computer i'm still going to be on that computer but i have to be on this laptop just so i'm not in this same sort of area now right. that is very connected to work for me exactly definitely uh so those were jared's three challenges for teachers and i agree with all of those my three were um you know making a class more personable and social with your students mm -hmm. um, is can be a big challenge you know the teachers need to reach out to their students a lot uh, have a good line of communication uh, and that's not easy for every teacher and it does take extra time out of your day um, you know, so, so that's one big difficulty. It's not the same as just having that in-person interaction in class, for example, um, especially if you're teaching an asynchronous course where you're not having a live lecture with your students, all of your communication is online. So it's a very different way we've handled things, which leads me to the second, uh, biggest difficulty for teachers, which is managing a learner management system, especially if they are not experienced with it, if they don't really know how to, how to use it, how to engage with it, interact with it. Um, can be a major difficulty for teachers. And I mean, my only advice for this would just be you have to play around with it. I mean, there's really no other advice. You know, read up Get on it. Get your hands dirty. Exactly, exactly. Um, and the last thing too is uh, knowing which application software tools to use for your online teaching. 
that can be very difficult. There are a lot of tools out there. Um, you know, you have a lot of businesses pushing you to, you know, try this product, try that product. You know, I went to a, a training for, uh, I'll shout them out. I don't care. I went to a training for Perusal. <laughs> Uh, or perusal, depending, which is a, it's a really useful, uh, I guess I'm giving them a little bit of a plug here too, <laughs> but it is a really useful um, annotation tool where you can, and basically, Jared, the, the nuts and bolts of it, there's a lot of functionality to it, but the nuts and bolts of it are you can post a text, your students can comment on it, write on it, annotate mm. it, but you see it as a class which is awesome. So you mm-hmm. can see what your what you know numerous students aren't sure about and and so so it, it it presents things in a very interesting way, you know, and reading collaboratively, annotating, discussing, all of that is great. But I attended a webinar to learn more about it, and obviously I did learn more about it or I wouldn't be able to tell you that, but a lot of it was them just trying to push the product, sell the product. Sure, of course. Tell us how great the product is. It's like, look, if I'm already here and I want to learn about it, I already think the product might be good. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to sell it to me. So that's one That's but one of my do. complaints. Right. And I get why they do on a business standpoint. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's like- sometimes. Right. And do that. Do that. I feel like there are different- you know, kind of stay in your lane, right? There's different, there's a time when you should be pushing your your product. I get that. But there's yeah. also another time where you're wasting my valuable time by pushing a product that, I, that I'm not going to buy personally, but I have a license through my work. So mm-hmm. I'm going to use it. So you don't need to sell me right. the product. Yeah, I already have it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so that's one thing. But just also, it, as you said, it can be very overwhelming with all of these different learning apps. You know, mm-hmm. what do I use? How do I use it? you know, and comparing different ones, right? Like there are tons of different applications for video streaming. You can use Echo 360, MS Stream, uh, Screencast-O-Matic, Camtasia, Zoom, you could use Skype. (laughs) You know, there's all these different options. You can use iMovie if you have a Mac computer. You Mm -hmm. know, there's all these different ways you can, but you're doing the same thing essentially. You're recording a video or a lecture, right? So, So you have to be able to pick and choose. And I think, I think really... Although it is to some extent the teacher's responsibility, I really think that falls more on the administrators of the school to educate the teachers or have staff that teaches the teachers and helps them with this. Because I don't think that should be something a teacher should be taking a ton of time out of their day and their schedule, mm. um, you know, deciding which apps to use. I think I think they do need to make those executive decisions, and it's important. But I think other people should be kind of helping them. By, by knowing here are the best practices for this and for this and for Teachers this. Teachers should be provided the best resources to Correct. do their job. They shouldn't Correct. have to actively be exactly like yeah doing all 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 the finding and buying while also teaching children. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Um, so those are our difficulties for teachers. Now for students, Jared said, uh, staying focused, 100%. You know, it's difficult, especially if you're sitting in front of a screen, can be very difficult. And and I would encourage teachers to find a way to have your students do things so they are getting up and moving. Um, I had a, a, one of my colleagues, her, her daughter, uh, their teacher had them do like a fun little um, uh, I don't know if they played Simon Says or what, but they had some fun kind of their their classmates were up and moving and they were kind of jumping around, mm-hmm. um, which is good. You know, I think just to have to expect children to sit in front of a computer for eight hours in a day is unrealistic. Kids need to get up and move. They need to play. College is a little bit different. Um, but for younger kids, K through 12, I think uh, it's important for teachers to provide their students lots of different opportunities so their students can stay focused. 
During some of uh, our, our meetings, uh, one of the higher-up bosses has <coughs> hired her um, her yoga instructor to do like a desk yoga session for 10 minutes before meetings every now and again. Yep, and that's great. <laughs> I think that's an awesome idea. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so staying focused was number one for Jared. Um, well, I don't think these are in any particular order. No, but really. But uh, okay, another one, social interaction um, or lack thereof, uh, which I would agree 100%. You know, kids, ooh, uh-oh. Kids are, kids are very social creatures. Um, here, do you need something else to? No, it's okay. Okay, uh, but yeah, I mean, kids. We all are. Well, not all, but a lot of people are very social creatures, and so it helps them learn in that way. I keep trying to look at the camera, and there is no camera, so I'll just, uh, I'll just talk to end this out. Um, so, anyways, um, definitely social interaction is a big difficulty with students, um, without a doubt. And I mean, one way, one way teachers can kind of hopefully help the students with this is um, you know giving them opportunities with their assignments and their group work um, but also be aware that it is watch it uh, that it is difficult with um, group work to coordinate everything as well so that can be a big challenge you might want to move that book below forward a little bit um, okay uh, and the last thing Jared mentioned was not students feeling like there isn't quite the need to speak up or, or necessarily be heard in lectures or in classes, which I couldn't agree with more. Um, my top three challenges for students, um, oh, actually, well, here, we need to give some solutions. So, yeah, we gave a solution for staying focused, which was this is more on the teacher and some to some extent or on the student as well, is get up and move around a little bit. Um, I would also recommend, you know, if you can – occasionally take your learning elsewhere. What I mean is go, go, if you have a front or a back porch, go sit out there for a little bit. And when you do your reading, just sometimes changing up the environment can help. Um, with social interactions, don't be afraid to reach out to your classmates and your, and your peers, you know, um, you know, there's really no other tip I would say in terms of social interaction besides, you know, just try to interact with people. I know it's different in an online format, uh, not being able to speak up. I think students need to understand that they, have more ways now than one to reach their professors, and they should be taking advantage of that. Um, you know, but that's also kind of on the teacher to some extent of making their students feel comfortable to do that as well. So you know, there's two sides to that coin. All right, now uh, my three uh, top three for students uh, biggest challenge is staying disciplined. Uh, you know, students have a busy schedule with all this stuff online, a lot of assignments and things. So it's very important for them to stay disciplined. Um, for young kids, sadly, I think this comes from the parents. I mean, there's no really other, you know, I don't think we can expect young children to to know how to stay disciplined. But for older kids, that's on them. You know, I mean, I, I would... just takes practice. It does. Uh, but but you kind of have to be taught and learn how to do it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, finding a balance and setting boundaries of how long you're studying and when you're studying is really important, which leads me to my last and biggest challenge for students, which is um, a lot more self-learning, autonomous learning which uh, I think for students, they have to kind of figure out what are the best ways and strategies for them to learn. Um, And some of that also comes from the parents and the teacher helping them as well. Um, Yeah, I don't think most students care. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. No, I think think you might be. (laughs) I think you might might be right there to some extent, Jared. But uh, the students or the teacher need to... Someone has to care, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they need to have a reason to care, um, hopefully. And... I mean, school isn't the end-all, be-all. You know, education is very important, um, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Um, 
But I think hopefully students and teachers are kind of realizing some of these things. Yeah, play play that song, my man. We're gonna. I don't know. You've been yeah. going for. I didn't. No, I can, no. Play play that song. Play that song. I don't know if you had a whole another section. No, I don't. I don't. But yeah. So, anyways, I hope uh, this episode could give some insight and perspective on what it is like um, for teachers and students during this time where so many people are doing fully. Or, or even half online learning. It is a very different experience. I think we need to acknowledge that. Um, there are some good things about the experience, also some bad things. Um, and I hope that these tips that we've given and through our discussion, some people have some ideas of what they can do if they feel like they um, you know, are a little disconnected from their classmates or, or having some uh, difficulty. You know, It's okay to understand that right now things aren't the easiest and things are not uh, the quote-unquote norm. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Reach out to your friends and family or your teachers. Um, And I truly hope, and I think it's safe to say Jared and I both hope here at the Untranslatable Podcast, that everybody out there learning online or otherwise um, is making the most of their education and learning something good. And hopefully uh, we wish you all uh, good lives and a good education. So with that being said, as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Yakuyame, muchas gracias. That was a good one. I've been practicing a little. Not really. Uh, muchas gracias. Shisha and dosvidanya. I feel like this uh, episode has made me appreciate my my job a little bit more in some ways. You know? Yeah. Some of the Which good one? and the bad. All of them. Oh, okay. All of them. <laughs> All of them. And this one too, Jared. Being a <laughs> podcast job. The, uh, oh yeah, it's a big job, Jared. Uh, I mean, I, for me, you have to get you have to get paid for it to be a mm, job. That's fair. I don't know though. We do put a lot of effort into this. I feel like we both put a lot of thought into these episodes. That's true. You know, so I think, I think about it. Right. No, we just off the cuff. <laughs> don't prepare. I mean, I have before. And some of those episodes are actually like more fun. Yeah. But but it is very a whole different whole different beast. That's for sure. That's for sure. I kind of want to. Let's hear the rest of this song out, my man. This is a this song is crazy, dude. Ningen Isu. These guys are just awesome. Oh, I didn't realize the drummer had skulls on his Hawaiian-esque oh, those style are skulls? shirt. For yeah, some reason, I thought they were pineapples. <laughs> he he kills the solo. He does. He really does this look like someone's dad, which makes it so much better. Right. <laughs> it's like I could see him in the carpool lane at a, a third right. grade. And then just on weekends, the on weekends, he just shreds. <laughs> yeah. Just melts faces with his guitar solos. Oh, there here's the part. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, this this group is something else, dude. 136,000 subscribers. I mean, they got to definitely have a following on YouTube yeah, for sure. Has 7 million views. Holy crap, I didn't even realize that. That's wild. You could tell when they're I like I like the way they transition. Oh, for sure. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. I hope this will be me when I'm older like that, dude. <laughs> just, just this, like, like, why is Gramps shredding on guitar? They transition you know? almost like a classical song, you know? Yeah, it's almost like it has different movements. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's true. That is true. 